TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Mornings here on CBS Sports Radio. On Thursdays, we like to do something called the Maggie and Perloff Multiverse. Exploring sports' biggest what-ifs and could-have-beens. Let's dive into the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. All right, Perloff, today we tackle something that might be a little sensitive still to some people in our audience because the Saints and the Rams will be facing each other on Thursday Night Football tonight. We go back to the 2018 NFC Championship game and we ask the question, what if pass interference had been called on Nikel Roby Coleman against Tommy Lee Lewis. And what if the Saints had gone on to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. to face the New England Patriots in 2018? Right. Uh, just a refresher, yep. if they had actually called P.I., then the Saints would have been able to basically run out the clock and hit a game-winning field goal. Instead, because there was no P.I., the Saints had a kick with a minute 41 left, yep. and the Rams came down and tied it. So the Saints would have won. It's a fact. Would have given them first and goal at the six. Right. Yeah. They would have won the game, moved on. I think the first obvious step is here. The Saints beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl because that was a different Patriots team. I think this was the decline of the Patriots dynasty and they just happened to face an inexperienced Rams team in the Super Bowl and beat them 13-3. I do not think that was a juggernaut. I think an experienced Saints team would have won that Super Bowl. Heck, if they could beat Peyton Manning in his prime, they could have beaten that Patriots team. So Drew Brees wins a second Super Bowl and moves way up the list on all-time quarterbacks. Okay, well, it's not just Drew Brees. It also would have been Sean Payton winning another Super Bowl and beating Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the meantime. So think about how legacies are different here. Let's just play out your scenario. How legacies are different if we go back in time and in 2018, there is pass interference called on the Rams and the Saints go to the Super Bowl. Remember that Super Bowl, the final score between the Patriots and the Rams was 13 to three. You know, this was not a high flying affair. And Jared Goff had a lot of deer in headlights, you know, and, and probably ushered his way out of Los Los Angeles and the Matthew Stafford trade. He might've been gone earlier as a matter of fact, you know, another thing where another, what if here and how I think the saints are different, not just that if they win that super bowl and now drew Brees has two and Sean Payton has two, they might not hang on to drew Brees as long as the saints did because 
Drew Brees may have ridden off into the sunset. Mm. He wouldn't have been chasing that second Super Bowl, maybe always feeling like, hey, we got so screwed on that call. Remember, I believe it was the next year was the Minneapolis Miracle, yeah. where they lost in heartbreaking fashion. No, I think they, it was the a year two before, years. I think the year before was the Minneapolis Miracle. Mm. I got to double check that. Okay. So this, like, all of history would have been different. Maybe Drew Brees is not chasing that elusive ring. Maybe he does go to retirement earlier, and the Saints have a better, you know, succession plan for Drew Brees and go to the draft. They may have had, you know, a bridge quarterback, and then maybe you're going into the draft. You know, I did a little research on this for, you know, a couple Saints blogs and stuff like that, where uh, one person posited that perhaps they could have had Jalen Hurts if oh, they had only Every, moved on. <laughs> get out of here. Everybody could have drafted Jalen. They could have had Jalen Hurts anyway. He was a second-round pick, but Jalen whatever. Jalen Hurts now the white whale. Yeah, that's everybody. like, oh, I, all the coaches say, I was going to draft Russell Wilson. But I will not accept that. It does give, it would, it may have, let's say may have, because it's all about the multiverse. It's yeah. all about the what-ifs. What if the Saints had uh, gotten that call uh, defensive pass interference, what if they had gone on to the Super Bowl? What if they had beaten Tom Brady and the Patriots in 2018? You know, maybe Drew Brees, as I said, rides off into the sunset a little earlier, and maybe it provides a little bit of urgency for the Saints to get the heir apparent quarterback that, let's be honest, they're, like, still looking for. I mean, yeah. Derek Carr is, is a Band-Aid. I'm, I'm not sure they would have done any better. Know. Uh, who knows? Uh I, I think that's an interesting question about Sean Payton, too, that you brought up. He'd be a two-time Super Bowl winner. He'd be elevated. Now he's compared to Mike McCarthy. Uh, he would be elevated into a completely different stratosphere as an all-time. He might be a Hall of Famer anyway, but he's certainly very borderline. He's I think trying that would, for the Hall of Fame. We yeah, know that. I think he would have been a guaranteed Hall of Famer. I guess who isn't. But. Uh, yeah, the, the, that would be really interesting. By the way, the Minneapolis Miracle was the year it before. It was the year before. So, I mean, the Saints... The other thing, too, is let's just talk about the Saints' legacy. The Saints got screwed by Bounty Gate. They kicked out Sean Payton for a year. It was an insane punishment. Yep. The NFL hates the Saints. And I think it's because of Bounty Gate. And this just added to that that idea that the NFL is against the Saints. And we've seen them get so many bad calls over the last few years. I I watched them very closely last year because my friend Andy Dalton was the quarterback. Yeah. They get screwed every week. It's amazing. I think it would have just sort of changed the sort of relationship with the Saints and the NFL. Right now, Saints fans, I think, are super dubious about the NFL. If they had not gotten that call, everything would be cool, and I think the whole franchise would be in a better place. Okay, more what-ifs here off of what we'd call the multiverse here on Thursdays. We do it every Thursday at this time, the biggest what-ifs in sports. Today we're doing what if the Saints had not gotten screwed in the 2018 NFC Championship game. If they go on to the Super Bowl and say they do beat Tom Brady the year that the Patriots won 13-3 to over the Rams, do you think at all Tom Brady, if he had gotten beaten by Drew Brees in the Super Bowl, again, we're playing the what-if game, does he at all think twice about going to Tampa when he was leaving the Patriots because Brees would have still been in the division? You just would have faced him very recently head-to-head. Mm. Is Drew Brees a bit more of an obstacle for Brady to say, listen, I don't know if I want to go to Tampa. I don't know if I want to do any – I want any part of Drew Brees and the Saints. Maybe now I'm trying harder to get to San Francisco or harder to get to Las Vegas Raiders or where the other mm. the other destinations that Brady may have gone to after New England. Well, I thought you just retired Drew Brees a minute ago. I'm, I'm, we're, this is all in the multiverse. Yeah, that you – know? That seems I, I I'm just trying to think of the details of why it was Tampa. It felt like only a couple teams actually wanted Brady, and Tampa was one of them. So I'm not sure how much control Brady had over that. 
San Francisco famously didn't want him, right? Well, we're not sure who that MFR was. They, they yeah, stayed was with either. that MFR. Could have been the Raider. Me. It could have been could've, Jimmy G. Could have been, been Derek Carr, who's been ironically Carr. in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, well, I was actually thinking one thing. Brady Legacy, if you take one Super Bowl away from him, does he is he more attainable to be caught by Patrick Mahomes? That's interesting too. Uh, does it? I'm not sure it does. I'm not sure it diminishes his legacy anymore. But I do think I think the Tampa Bay Super Bowl was huge for him because he did it with another team. But I think also that last New England one. I watched a lot of Tom Brady documentaries. It meant a lot to him because everyone thought he was on the decline. I do think it waters down Brady just a little bit to maybe make him catchable. So we're talking about the the undisputed goat in, in NFL history is Tom Brady. Would it be a little little bit less undisputed if he had one less Super Bowl ring? Um, but, I mean, just think think ahead, Mahomes. Mahomes has two now. I know, but he was the goat when it was six, and he added seven, and it was like, all right, now you're just piling on. <laughs> right, but what if Mahomes? So what if it was six? I think Mahomes has a better chance of getting to six and seven. He does. I got one, another one for you. Let's say that Brady still wins. Okay, so let's say we're doing the multiverse here, where the uh, Saints don't get screwed in the 2018 NFC Championship game, where they go on to the Super Bowl, they face the Patriots. You, you and I have just been talking about all the ways the Saints would be different if they had won that right, Super Bowl. Right, right, right. Let's talk about whether <laughs> if the Patriots had still beaten the Saints, that's the best quarterback Brady would have beaten in a Super Bowl. Oh, Matthew Staff. Uh, excuse me. Uh, who'd he beat? He beat Goff that day. <laughs> he beat Matt well, Ryan, beat who was an MVP. He beat Mahomes on one leg. But yes, Mahomes would be the best one. Well, Mahomes. Like, you're talking about lot. Eli Manning. We're talking about Donovan McNabb. We're talking about Jake Delhomme. You know, like the other yeah. quarterbacks that he went up against. By the way, Mahomes' problem was more the offensive line was yeah. disastrous right. of injuries. Uh, McNabb. Yeah. I, so no, I think Mahomes would have been the best. Mahomes would have been the best. Probably been like his second biggest pelt yeah. on the wall, I mean, I if think you will. McNabb was very, very good, but not Drew Brees level. Um, Eli is a Hall of Famer, but not Drew Brees level. So yeah, that would have been that would definitely be a, a accomplishment. Although I, I'm trying to remember how good was that the last really good year of Drew Brees. He was sort of, yeah. I mean, he was getting I old. Mean, he was 37, 38. No, I know. And, you know, the Taysom Hill and him coming in to throw the deep balls because of Breeze and his shoulder and stuff. How about this one? What if the Rams had lost that game? Maybe they move on from Jared Goff quicker with Matthew Stafford in mind. Maybe the Rams have two rings instead of one because they got Stafford in there with that great team around him when they were just a little bit younger and they maximized that window. It's possible. Sorry, I do want to mention Kurt Warner, obviously. Kurt Warner is the Hall of oh, Famer yeah. who, he, who he faced uh, with the greatest show. Um, yeah, actually, it's actually a pretty that's good probably list. probably the, it, it's not a bad, it's an impressive list of quarterbacks, but adding Drew Brees to the list of quarterbacks that Brady would yeah. have taken down in the Super Bowl. Or, and by the way, Drew Brees finished second MVP voting that season. Okay, so, yes, but was that his last amazing. like elite, elite year? Yes. Yeah. These are the unanswerable questions of the multiverse. What would have happened if they just threw the flag a defensive pass interference. I'll tell you what, it was a more egregious call than James Bradbury in the Super Bowl last year. Oh, it's. A, I think you could argue it's the worst call that we all know in NFL history. I mean... Well, the f- tuck it, rule, I mean, there's other... The tuck rule, though, was the right call. I, yeah. That's actually the rule. Yeah. Eh, don't talk to the Raider fans about that. I mean, what? A, I'm sure if we looked up a list of famous bad calls, but this one... Do you think that just Bill the Vinovich... Just was so bad. Bill Vinovich was the referee that day. Has he... Reft a game in New Orleans since? Uh, yeah, I don't for know. his sake, I hope not. <laughs> I was gonna say. 
I blame New York too. Al Riveron was the head of officials that time. Uh, if Dean Blandino or Mike Pereira was the head of officials, they would have been in communication because somebody should have called and said, hey, you got to call this. The whole world just saw that that foul. But for some reason, the officials did not get any word to get help because they huddled and they screwed it up big time. I think one of the reasons we see expedited replay right now yep. is because of that play. That was such an embarrassment. All of a sudden, New York said, we have to help these officials out on the field. Well, don't forget, they they made pass interference reviewable the next yeah, year. Didn't and work. <laughs> that didn't work. It ended up being kind of a disaster. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. The multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. Is there anything we forgot? I think one question, I always love the perception of certain coaches in kind of pinpoint moments in their career. And I think Sean McVay going to a Super Bowl that early in his career really cemented him as the guy, the golden child in the NFL. If he doesn't get to that Super Bowl. Right. We're doing the multiverse here. What if the Saints did not get screwed in the NFC Championship game in 2018 Mm. and they go to the Super Bowl instead of McVay's Rams, who lost to Bill Belichick and the Patriots 13-3? Right. And we saw Jared Goff kind of dissolve into what he became for the rest of his Rams career. And let's say they aren't able to swing a trade. Is Sean McVay this golden goose that we talk about where he could either make $20 million in in broadcasting or continue to be kind of the the blueprint for what NFL teams look at for NFL coaches? I don't know. Well, I think Sean McVay might win another one, though, because that team was on the rise. And if they had improved at quarterback, they had also they had one guy. You can't forget Aaron Donald was going to win a Super Bowl. That guy was going to will a team. I, well, I remember, so I think that, McVay would have been back. But remember, they had to pay Goff after the Super Bowl year, right? Because you got to a Super Bowl with we, Goff. And we kind of forget that Rams team. They were on the rise, but they were still relying on some older dudes. Todd Gurley ran for yep. 1,200 yards on that team. Yeah, that was a little bit of they paid a him different too. Sean McVay team. Yeah, that was a little bit of a different team. So, like, if, if that team goes to the NFC Championship game, loses, and then the Saints go on and win through wall, is he kind of, like, is he, is he, I don't know, Kyle Shanahan light? Or does he rebuild that Super Bowl team? Does he make? Does he get rid of Goff and bring in a more a better quarterback immediately? Which is funny because Goff looks great this year, yeah. or very good this year. Yeah, I, I mean, it could have gone the other way where that loss could have inspired them to build that Super Bowl team faster. I mean, yeah, I they were starting in Dominican Sue, Keep to Leave. I mean, that was kind of a it was a blend of young and old guys. Yeah, well, kind of. I mean, how many three years later they won the Super Bowl? Was yep. it three? Here, um, one thing, all these Sean McVay assistant coaches, would they all get head coaching jobs? I think they right. were already starting to. Yeah, like, I mean, people Mc, wanted that offense. And McVay is like a lifer. Grandfather was a big deal in the league. Also, you reminded me, EJ, before the show about that game during the year when Kansas City played the Rams. That was as, that was my favorite NFL game. It might be the best regular season game ever. What was the final score? 54-51? Like, I think Rams 50, beat the Chiefs? Yeah, something crazy. I think it was 50, I don't know why 52-45 is, is the score that's Jumping in my head for some reason. Uh, 54 51. Yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> and now, oh, yes, we, oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, right yeah. on the money. Sorry. No, no, I, I, I think I looked it up last night when you told me. So it's not like I, re- but that, that was Sean McVay was considered a bit of an offensive genius with not much backbone defensively before that. So anyway, it was, it was a fun time. I, I think it's the worst call ever. I, I do think because I can't think well, that's of another not, that's another conversation. But nothing's jumping to mind. We say, "What's the worst call you remember?" I think a lot of people would say that call. I mean, I'm surprised for you as an Eagles fan that you didn't want to go with the James Bradbury defensive <laughs> pass interference at the Super Bowl. You probably would have won I mean, another one. Des Bryant catch is yeah. what the Cowboys fans run to again. Yeah, but one again, I, at least I there's an like argument. The right call. Yeah, there's definitely an argument that it was the right call. Nobody's arguing that this wasn't pass interference. 
855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So that's what we do. 8 o'clock Eastern time on Thursdays. The biggest what-ifs in sports today. What if the refs had called defensive pass interference on the Rams? 2018 NFC Championship game. One of the worst calls in the history of the NFL. Would have sent the Saints to the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the Patriots instead of the Rams. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, the biggest thing you have to be watching for tonight outside of that Thursday night game, we've got that for you too. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. This portion of the show is brought to you by NHTSA. Whether you get pulled over or get into a crash, drinking and driving will change your whole world. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. We're talking about the Maggie and Perloff multiverse. What if they had not called, I'm sorry, if they had called pass interference, Against the Rams in the 2018 NFC title game, Saints would have won the game and gone on the Super Bowl to face Tom Brady and the Patriots, and the NFL world as we know it would have been different. Definitely would, and obviously that's an honor of the Rams and the Saints are playing tonight on Thursday Night Football. Leland is in Sacramento. He's got a, a different what-if for us. Good yeah. morning, Leland. Hey, good How are morning, you? Good morning, Maggie. Good morning, Perloff. How you doing? Good morning. Hey, I'm doing good, thanks. I just want to say real quick before I get to my question or comment that enjoy having you guys on in our market early in the morning. Love it. We love Sacramento. Huge Kings fans, me and Perloff. Hey, it's fun. Hey, so my alternate, I still can't get over last season. So in my alternate universe, Brock Purdy did not get injured, went on to beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship and went on to win the Super Bowl. Guys, have a good day. (laughs) Leland, thank you. Well, listen, it's not that far-fetched. Yes, it is. It's completely far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> and his feelings. The bigger question to me is not actually would the San Francisco 49ers have beaten the Eagles that day. I believe they they definitely could have. Would they have beaten the Chiefs? <laughs> First of all, I don't the Eagles know. should have beaten the Chiefs. I, I can't. I don't know how the Eagles found a way to lose. That was a that was a tough home field in the sense that the officials were scared of this crowd was about to rush the field on every. You were single. there. Yeah, every call was – it was – the Eagles uh, did blow them out, but they had certain advantages. Like, it was full tush-bush era. They they clearly showed they were going to be able to run on that Niners team. And the other thing, McCaffrey wasn't 100% either. That's a big factor. And Bosa went in and out of that Yeah, game. Bosa. It wasn't just Brock Purdy. There was a lot of momentum heading the Eagles' way, even with Purdy out there. And I think they showed from the first snap they were going to get get to Brock Purdy. Okay, Because but- that, that Eagles – yeah. That Eagles pass rush yep. was really, really on fire at that point in the season. So I think they would have won anyway. You're so right. However, let's not forget, for the 30-second, how many snaps did uh, Josh Johnson take in that game? He was driving. Like, I think he got, like, two first downs, and then he got hurt, and then Purdy had to get back into the game. Like, it would have still been a game maybe with Josh Johnson well, had yeah. he not get, got but knocked out. If Kyle Shanahan had decided to pr- slow down the offense to protect the quarterback, then the Niners wouldn't have been able to move the ball. There was a lot going on besides Brock Purdy. And the other thing, too, is that was in Philly. If the game was in San Francisco, I'll completely give that to you. But the the Eagles had a gigantic home field advantage that year. Now, the Brock Purdy story is already like, you know, we're at Kurt Warner levels here. If he can keep this up, he might win the MVP, which would be very much like Kurt Warner. But, you know, if he had won a Super Bowl and beat the Chiefs, like, is that a better story than Kurt Warner? No, Kurt, Kurt Warner's still better, right? The bagging Way groceries. Way better. Bagging okay. groceries, married to Brenda. The funny thing is... <laughs> the, the, I uh, mean, Brock Purdy's got a, got a roommate. That's kind of a fun twist on this. Yeah. I mean, Brock all. Purdy was a college star, though. That's true. So he's, wait, it's not like we didn't know who Brock Purdy was. 
the funny thing about it is he has the same setup too. Marshall Falk was the MVP candidate, yep. where Christian McCaffrey's the MVP candidate, and two great receivers, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, and Warner had Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. Yep. But the difference is San Francisco's got this defense. The greatest show on turf did not have that, so they might even be better. They better win the Super Bowl. Otherwise, we're not getting a movie. <laughs> uh, all right, we got more? Yeah, people got uh, like producers here who have their own ideas. EJ, I hope we're writing all this stuff down. Dan is in Rochester. Hey, Dan, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. So, a different uh, multiverse, still sticking with the Saints. What if uh, Nick Saban, when he was with the Dolphins, was able to actually get Drew Brees like he wanted instead of the Dolphins medical staff saying he's done. You know, then you don't got Drew Brees in New Orleans. You got him in Miami. Do we even have a Sean Payton? I'll hang up. Oh, Dan. Such a great one. It's an all-timer. I mean, we should do this one for real. So, Dan, you get producer credit on that future multiverse segment. Off the I mean, top of my head, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Dante Culpepper, who they got, was a yeah. great quarterback. But ironically, he's the one whose health never worked out. So the bigger part of this to me is what if, like, the what if part of, of this potential setup is what if Nick Saban succeeds at the NFL level and never goes to Alabama? Yeah, that's I mean, a that's great question. the big, like, that's the universe-tilting like question because Alabama was kind of cycling through head coaches at that point. No, Alabama was not the dominant program at all. The funny thing, too, is we don't we don't know for sure – it's a Nick Saban, Drew Brees marriage work in Miami. That's what I thought about. Yeah, Drew Brees was perfect for Sean Payton's offense. That was a so I, I think that's an unknown as well. Yeah, because Saban's a defensive guy, and yeah, I mean, how do we know it, it would have worked out like it did? I mean, there was never a better marriage city wise and team wise than Drew Brees in New Orleans. I can't even picture Drew Brees and his, all his kids running around on South Beach. You guys want to guess who the offensive coordinator was for the Dolphins under Nick Saban? Cam was Cameron? It, was no. it someone from the Brown staff with Belichick? Definitely, yeah. Scott John, Linehan. Oh, uh, Scott Linehan, yeah. He's, how many teams has he been the offensive coordinator for? <laughs> like half oh. the league, it feels like. Yeah, exactly. He also, he also was head coach of the, uh, the Rams, Alliance, famously. Right? Yep. Was it Lions? Dallas Cowboys or? offensive coordinator, yeah. He's offensive coordinator for the, the Vikings, ironically, with Dante Culpepper, which I think is why they brought him in. Uh, St. Louis, Detroit, and Dallas. He's also related to Jim Caviezel. Scott Linehan is? <laughs> yeah. Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Himself. And uh, Jim Caviezel told me that. Andrew Bogish is here with nice headlines. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so what happens to the NBA's in-season tourney if it sucks so much out of the winner that they struggle for the rest of the season? The Lakers now 1-4 and four since winning the NBA Cup in Vegas, falling in Chicago last night, 124-108. It's a combination of everything. I mean, it's the emotional fatigue, it's the physical fatigue, it's the, the grind of the season fatigue. And, and uh, when you're not winning, obviously, that's the frustration fatigue. So a little combination of everything. But they got a banner. LeBron, 25 points. <laughs> 10 rebounds and 9 assists in defeat. Joel Embiid with 51 points, a dozen rebounds. The Sixers cooled off the T-Wolves 127-113. Trey Young, 30 points and 14 assists in the Hawks. 134-127 win in Houston. He's just the third player since 1989 with five straight games of 30 points and 10 helpers. And the Knicks snapped a six-game losing streak in Brooklyn. 121-102. Julius Randle scoring 26 I don't think this made the show when it happened. After NC State football won its rivalry game with North Carolina last month, Wolfpack head coach Dave Doran got a little carried away in the post-game locker room. Hey, you know, it's been 1,460 days since those pieces of...
If you couldn't tell, the word that got bleeped out was S H. Uh, I, can I do that? Right? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Come on, focus his mic. Don't do it. UNC head coach Mac Brown readdressed those comments yesterday. I've never heard something like that before, and I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, I thought it was classless. Uh, it's not true. Oh, good. The Tar Heels aren't pieces of bleep. Uh, Doran has apologized. I did call coach and apologize um, because I could have used a lot of different words, obviously. He caught me in a heat of a moment situation in the locker room celebrating a huge win. And I was fired up about how we played. So he's okay. sorry there were other bad words to call them. Yeah. And there's also this. that shouldn't have been on TV. It's not an excuse, but it shouldn't have been on TV. And, and I think there's a thousand coaches out there would tell you that, you know, if we had to apologize for everything we said in the locker room, we'd probably spend a lot of time doing that, you know. It's a place where a lot of emotion comes out. It's uh, the ACC network that put the speech on TV originally. I'm with Dave Dorn on this one. I, you, you should be able listen, it's okay. I Listen, you apologize because it became public. That's the classy thing to do. Sure. But, like, you, you're coaching your team. You're there for your team. I'm not there because I'm worried about Mac Brown's feelings. Yeah, I just, I, there's something about his choice of words yeah. that seems wrong. You could have, like, you, like I, there's other things you could have called them that wouldn't have seemed, seemed so demeaning. But calling yeah. them pieces of belief. <laughs> Seems like a moment, step too guys. far. I mean, come on. It was unexpectedly weird trash talk to me. Well, okay, but here's the other part. Like, you had Dan Lanning, right? The speech in the Oregon locker room that everyone loved before they played Colorado. We're doing this for wins. They're doing it for clicks. Like, you're kind of taking a shot at their character, too. You're not saying it in so many. You're saying it maybe a little more eloquently or a little more coded, but you are still saying something. Mm. What's the difference? No, but with Dan Lanning, that was more... These guys are Hollywood. Exactly. With, but with this, this like, is more of like those are bad people over yeah. there. Like they, it's, those it's, people are garbage. Yeah, those yeah, those are, you know, like I, I someone like call them seriously. like a scumbag or whatever. Like like I don't know. I don't think I would call other kids. The that. other thing too is like Mac Brown, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the team you're going at? Maybe <laughs> maybe UNC's dirty on the recruit show. Yeah, the other thing too, like North Carolina's rival is Duke. I mean, I guess in football is it NC State? Well, NC State hates UNC. Yeah, yeah, hates they have them. to. I, don't you guys like a little of that? Okay, maybe oh, yeah. you should have said POS, but like maybe you like a little of that. Well, it reminded me a little bit of the Jimbo and uh, Nick Saban fight, where they just clearly went after each other publicly, and then did a public appearance together a month later, like everything is fine. Like college coaches really hate each other, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> but they they get diplomatic about it, so. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with Bogus and EJ. I just think that's a a bad choice of words to describe a rival, unless there's some real dirty stuff going on. I guess I didn't I didn't take it when he said that. It's kind of like the royal, like you, like they. It's not like individual talking calling kids that. I didn't take it that way. It's yeah, just like I'm, we're calling our rival a pos. We're not calling you individual nineteen year old that. Yeah, I guess maybe because of the now I'm getting the grammar. The plural use makes me kind of refer to them as a as a group. Just like of a people. general, yeah. the general opponent. I it's, guess it just it still feels too much to me. As lame as that sounds, yeah. like there are there are words that are probably at face value harsher that I would have accepted or would be bothered less by than pos. Like it you just, said, if you, we beat those clowns. I don't feel as bad about that. No, like, me neither. You know, it's like, okay, like, they're the bigger school. You know, they're a little pretentious. We know how Carolina is. Like, okay, I can see that. Pieces of ass, huh? <laughs> like, you could, like, he could have called them 
a variant of the F word, and I think I would have been yeah. it would have bothered me less than <laughs> piece of Probably. blank. I don't or know why. Started with an M too. That yeah. would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. How much more can we dance around these curse words? This we is learned a lot. I mean, <laughs> Pete's not here, so we yeah. can just let it rip and I see know. what happens, right? Just don't spell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if somebody called me out on the basketball court, I'd be more likely to want to take a swing at that's them. That's true. Yeah. Like, that's not a nice thing to say on the basketball and is, court. And, I mean, is there... He, so he <laughs> Wow, says, you guys are sensitive. So he's, or he you said have that no also shame. The, the TV thing was that's his scary. big thing, too. Is that really an excuse? Well, blaming the media is the easiest thing. It's like it helps you when you do a fire-up speech and it goes viral and you love it for the right reasons. But then all of a sudden you get caught saying something, now it's the media's fault. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like either you have cameras in there all the time or you never have cameras in there. This idea that because I, I watched the whole press conference, he had this kind of explanation of like, well, you're supposed to like cue me when you when I know the cameras are on. Uh, uh, like uh. he thought there should have been some kind of indication that what was being recorded could be played. And I'm like, that just see this isn't a freaking TV set. Like, Yeah, but well, is it, though? I mean, I the I, locker room. No, I get it. But like. In that moment, it, there's no privacy, right? And you're giving mm. up your privacy when you do let these cameras in. But and I thought generally, though, that used to be a pristine place. Yeah, but is the yeah. ACC network cameras are in there? Yeah, like, yeah, but it, are they always in there? Actually, well, according to to think, coach, he's he's saying he, like yeah, the there should have been. There's a time when it's sort of on the record versus off the record, if you will. And this was supposed to be an off the record time yes, in his mind. Correct. Well, so, they need to. If it's a North Carolina, North Carolina State game, they have to have him in there to catch Mac Brown dancing after the game. <laughs> <laughs> because if, if they win, Mac Brown is getting down. Well, listen. If there's any North Carolina coach who's going to be dancing, it's going back to the Roy Williams when he comes in and he's doing the finger guns. <laughs> oh, that's my absolute. Well, favorite. Gonzaga fan, you got Mark Few in the handstand. That's that's the big one too. <laughs> Yeah. It was weird, though, to, to go back through this this morning because I was watching the Dolphins Hard Knocks yesterday and the episode, I think, two episodes ago where they're playing the Commanders. And the whole episode is full of unbleeped cursing. It's all, like, it's it's all oh, rated, yeah, right? Yeah. And then Mike McDaniel's on the field talking to Ron Rivera before the game. And Ron Rivera drops an, an F-bomb, but they bleep it. And it made me think, like, did Ron Rivera or the Commanders ask for that to get bleeped out Ooh. after the fact because... He like doesn't want to curse, but he said you're doing a real good bleeping job, and they bleeped the f word out. Interesting. After huh. everybody else was just like ripping off curses, and the only way you would have done that is if, to me, in my mind, yep. after the fact, he said, "Hey, can you do me a favor and they might have take that out?" They yeah. might have asked asked the commanders, "Do you want us at it?" Right. So like, does NC State or does the ACC never yeah. have to go? Hey, that was a weird sentence by coach. Should yeah. I not? Should we not put this on TV, or should we bleep it? Or you know, like I'll tell you what, it's gonna start happening now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say also, you know, ACC Network affiliated with ESPN. I mean, they are doing the ACC dirty. Because remember what happened with FSU during the college football playoff where we kind of just saw their dreams get crushed on national TV? Most of the time when you have those teams, they don't oh, actually show yeah. those reactions when yeah. you miss an NCAA tournament or you miss a college football playoff. And we got to see Mike Norvell basically turn white. One, and kids walking out of the room. Walking out, kids walking crying. out of the rooms. I mean, that was something... So, again, that ESPN knows that contract is ironclad and those schools can't do yeah. nothing about it. So they're just doing whatever they want. I don't know. I know, you, and you've talked about that. I think they'll find a way out, and I think it's I happening. Get a sneaky I don't think they're going to have ACC Network cameras in there anymore. I think they're going to have SEC ca Network cameras. They should just call whoever the ESPN president is, just call him Suge Knight, because they are signed <laughs> to a 360, and there's no way to get out. And they'll, there's Jimmy always Pitaro? A, if there's one thing you have to know about college football, there's always a way. Jimmy Pitaro will have... You know, uh, Mike Norvell hanging over, hanging over the banister of a balcony, yeah. shaking his pockets. shaking him, saying, "You really want to go the to the West SEC? Hartford Marriott?" The, the, 
The final four was ironclad till 2030, until it wasn't. I'm telling you, I'll bet you, I'll show bet that Florida State is not uh, in the ACC by 2030. I, I agree with Perloff. They're gonna, I think they're going to come to an agreement on a buyout. But anyway, Pearl, uh, Bokish, I'm sorry. What else do you uh, Let's do some North Carolina basketball. The 11th ranked Tar Heels gave number 7 Oklahoma its first loss, 81-69, a neutral floor in Charlotte. Bengals wide out Jamar. Schubert Davis was like, you pee. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Bengals wide out Jamar Chase, and his shoulder injury did not practice yesterday, but since he's still not ruling him out yet for this weekend, the expectation remains Chase missing at least this game because of the issue. By the way, can they clear this up? He's going to miss some time, and now he's questionable. What are we doing here with this Jamar Chase injury news? It's Well, it's they're, they're always. They're going to make you think he's going to play until they have to say he's not. So you have to think about him being out there and game plan for him and waste oh. your time not worrying about whoever their fourth wide receiver is. It's called gamesmanship, Roland. Mm. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Kind of like Geno Smith and the Seahawks. That was annoying. Uh, last but not least, let them eat funnel cake. The crack in a 2-1 win uh, in Los Angeles last night. Mom and Dad, back to you. Andrew Bogish, thank you so much. Uh, speaking of, we do have a fun story to bring you. The one thing I didn't realize was a question between married couples. Get to that next. 855-212-4CBS. Also, some more NFL stuff, too. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Stream the NFL and Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone. AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. All right, Maggie. You had a big tease. I am married. Andrew Bogush is married. The other side of the glass is single. Well, well, EJ's no, in a committed relationship for many years. Yes. Brian, we're not sure of your status. It's complicated. Taking shots over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm also married. So this is for a, a question I didn't realize that people were asking amongst couples. Apparently, the new thing is something called a sleep divorce. So it, you're not getting actually divorced. You don't want to divorce your spouse. You just don't want to sleep in the same bed as your partner. And apparently there was a uh, a poll. A third of the respondents said that they get a better night's sleep. And 
uh, more often than not, sleep in a different bedroom. Not because they're mad or this isn't because I want to split up, just because I want a good night's sleep. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, My husband would... and I do not do this, though. Well, we don't do it generally. That sounded wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but for Christmas. Yeah, On birthdays. Anniversary. Valentine's Day. <laughs> the my, romantic nights. My wife's a sensitive sleeper, so we have a king-size bed, and if it moves at all, she completely wakes up. Wow. So there is that issue. We had a situation where the air conditioner went out on our building, and it was hot, and we wanted, we wanted to be nowhere near each other. I can't <laughs> sleep when it's hot. So I would go to the couch to get better sleep at times. I understand this. Yeah, sleep is tough. But, okay. But I, I don't think that people, this is, might be a sensitive topic to bring up. I mean, it does, could, it just does feel like you shouldn't feel that way. Like, it, I don't know how I would not be insulted if my wife came to me and was like, I don't want to sleep in the Next bed with you. you anymore. Now, it's nice. <laughs> When she's been away and you have like a two night stint, because like in the middle of the bed, it's untouched. Like that's the most comfortable part of my yeah. bed now. So I can sleep in the middle and have the whole bed to myself. It's nice for one or two nights. Spread out. But do after you that. Do you do that? Because if, if I'm sleeping, my husband's not in the bed. I still sleep on my side. No, I sleep in the middle. Wow. Yeah. I sleep on the, my wife's side. She's got the better side. It's right, <laughs> right next to the bed. <laughs> you sleep on your wife's side of the bed when oh, she's I, not there? We, you know, I'm in the New York City apartment. There's not a lot of room. I'm basically... My side is crammed against a wall. She's got this lovely table. I would put your water there, the TV remote. <laughs> yeah, I do. But also, I... Uh, if you could get a sleep divorce, would you do it? We're also getting honest. One more thing I have to say. I live in a two-bedroom apartment. I get completely freaked out when my wife and kids are out of town. I'm the only one in the apartment. I hear noises all night long. <laughs> Like, uh, like that. I feel like there's those, are the, those, are, those are the rats. And yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. gonna say, it's I get, isn't that the weirdest thing? Like, I get nervous. Uh, is, does anybody else? That's probably weird. No, I, 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 I'm in a two bedroom apartment too, and I love my girlfriend, but like when it's just me and the dog, it's awesome. But it is weird. It's like a single dad thing. It feels like a single dad when I'm. Yeah, you're just like pizza for everybody. Yeah, oh, it's wings and pizza and free for all. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure she wouldn't even mind if you ate wings and pizza. It's some something about her not being there that it has to happen when she's not there. Now (laughs) it's funny. This topic is interesting because recently my girlfriend got sick and there was concern that maybe there was something contagious. We didn't know what was going on. So I told her, look, I don't know how sick you are. I'm going to sleep in the second room because I I can't afford to get the show sick. I can't afford to be sick. And she was not happy with it. Really? Really? She she wouldn't say it. But she looked at me and she was like, hmm, really? Oh, see, I think sickness, that's like the right thing to do. That's what I thought. Yeah. But... And, you were and, right, EJ. Right, but, yeah. and, she but was it is, wrong. But Thank you, know you for not But you know what's sick. weird, though, is that, like, she also complains. I'm a guy who spreads out, okay? I sleep sideways. I sleep yeah. whatever. Tossing and like, turning. Yeah, I, and, yeah. And, and, and before the king-size bed happened, it was apparently a nightmare for my girlfriend. Are you a cover stealer? Yes, I do that, too. I, 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 I didn't know this because I slept in, in the solo bed for, like, 25, 26 years, whatever. <laughs> but, like, apparently this was an issue when, when when we got together. So I thought she would be relieved that right. I would not be in the bed. But she actually, like, looked at me like, wow. You're abandoning me. You're doing right, this. By time, yeah. By time of need. See, that thing you said about being alone, that strikes me as a real comment on couples. There is nothing better than when the other half of a couple leaves. <laughs> That's how you know you're really in love. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know you're in a relationship when you are elated if they get out That's of town. That's the true love. That is it. I'm like going to that uh, Alexa playing Alexa, play 50 Cent. And 50 Cent <laughs> is playing at full blast. 
All the guilty pleasure stuff. Oh, yes. There you go. But I'll tell you, when you're a parent, it's a whole different ballgame because getting alone time, I mean, you have a young kid at home, Maggie. I mean, I can't imagine. What would you do if you just had three days yourself? I don't even know. I feel like my <laughs> my guilty pleasure, my alone time, like I get time in the car when I'm literally commuting. I'm yeah. like, this is a spa. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Well, that's like the great Jim Gaffigan joke. Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, has like five kids. Uh, he talks about when he closes a minivan door, that walk around to the passenger <laughs> seat is, is three seconds of pure, bl- the only three seconds of peace he knows all day. It's from the, the passenger seat to his car. Yeah, I mean, every second of alone time is yeah. gold to kids uh, when you have uh, young kids. Apparently, sleep divorces. This is I the get thing. It. So there you go. I uh, think when people get old, too, they definitely like, they well, okay. definitely separate beds. Like my so, grandparents had different beds. My, I'm so lucky. My husband does not snore. Yeah, yeah, that kind so of thing. So lucky. I'm apparently a snorer. That was another thing I learned. Yeah, she should have wanted to kick you out long ago. The fact that I'm still around <laughs> says a lot of me about me, I guess. But like, I can't even sleep in the same hotel room as my older brother. <laughs> He's like a wolf. <laughs> oh, I'm like, All right, is his wife deaf? How does she sleep with him there? It's like, I can understand if you have a snorer, yeah. then you want to just get a different house. Here's a question, though, because this is another thing we ran into. Is it bad etiquette to wake your partner up because they're either snoring or in a spot that is not conducive no. to you? Well, th- to me, th- I was getting that all the time. You were getting no, woken no. up all the time. Yeah, you got to wake them up because if you can't sleep, I think you have to communicate. Yep. But then, you ruin, but, then, but then you ruin the other person's sleep. And now, like, it's like a tit for tat almost. <laughs> uh, does anybody sleep? Has anyone slept in the same bed with their kids on vacation and had oh, a problem? It's you, the yes. worst. My my young, my oldest daughter, Lucy, when one time I woke up in the middle of the night, she's got her arm around my neck in a full Draymond Green <laughs> stranglehold. <laughs> stranglehold. Call me Rudy. And it was like a pro wrestling move. I didn't know she was capable. The full like, Nelson. Honey, really honey, like... you're strangling me. And then my other daughter goes horizontal. Yeah. That's, a, that's a little kid trick. You can't sleep. You start out parallel, then they're perpendicular to you by halfway they're through just, the night. They're guided missiles. Right now, I'm a, I'm fearful of my dog who sleeps in our bed oh, now. Yeah, because but, but you can kick them out. It's harder to kick your kid oh, out. Try kicking out Lita. Uh, <laughs> you want to have a fight at 3 a.m.? She wants all the smoke. I, <laughs> it is scary. <laughs> no, she is like an enforcer now because she hates whenever I leave to go to work now. So when I wake up and that alarm, alarm goes off, she's usually on the other corner of the bed. She gets up and just plants herself right in front of me and says, I wish you would. Oh. I wish you would get out of this bed. <laughs> and I get scared. I usually I don't in the leave. I, I usually kind of sit there for five minutes and don't get up. You're and scared th- of your own dog? She is vicious in the morning. <laughs> that early. And, then, and if I get up, it is just barking at the loudest octave possible at 4 a.m. Apologies to my neighbors if you hear my dog at 4 a.m. every day. That's what's been happening the last three months. But there's no avoiding it because she doesn't want to sleep anywhere else. So the chat's weighing in, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio, where Ronger says, I've been married 26 years. I cannot imagine my wife sleeping in another bedroom without me. Oh, same thing with Pine Needle. He says, I'm old school. My wife and I sleep in the same bed. Well, We should do this as a poll question. I think the thing we've learned in this segment is that the closest relationship anybody has with a significant other is EJ and his dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, your dog loves it. The only yeah. real true love is EJ's dog towards EJ. The rest of us, we're just married people. Yeah, we're just in, in relationships with humans. 855-212-4CBS. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've got what you need to watch tonight, College Football Edition. All right, so let's get to our bowl blitz for today. We head to the Sunshine State where Syracuse and South Florida will square off in the roofclaim.com 
Boca Raton Bowl. So you got <laughs> Nunzio Campanelli. He'll be leading the Orange as interim head coach for one last time. He took over for Dino Babers, who was fired after eight seasons. But there is excitement in upstate New York for new head coach Fran Brown, who takes over after spending the last two seasons as defensive backs coach at Georgia. He also was their lead recruiter, which is why there's a lot of excitement there in Syracuse. Primary starter, a QB, Garrett Schrader, is currently hurt. So redshirt freshman Braden Davis will be coming into action today. No one knows how good he is. He's completed literally just one <laughs> pass in his career, but he will be starting. He's a former transfer from South Carolina. So for USF, first-year coach Alex Golish is getting props for turning around a program that had a combined record of 4-29 and before he took over. Watch out for the ground attack in this one. Both clubs ranked in the top 30 nationally in rushing offense. Syracuse running back LaQuint Allen rushed for more than 100 yards in each of the last four games for the Syracuse Orange. And don't sleep on USF quarterback Byron Brown. He threw 23 touchdowns this season, 11 of those coming in the last four games. Kickoff is at 8. Syracuse is a three-point favorite. Wait, what's the name of the bowl again? This is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. (laughs) God, what happened to the Peach Bowl of my youth? First of all, the Boca Raton Bowl is lame enough as is, but they call it something else. <laughs> you guys sleep on Boca Raton. It's paradise down Yeah, there. I know, but I don't want my bowl game named after it. Like, <laughs> or played What there. is like the, the logo is like my, my grandmother? Yeah, it's shuffleboard courts for days. It's tennis courts for days. You want a good pastrami sandwich at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, a.k.a. dinner? Four's too late. You gotta go sooner than that. By the way, I know who's happy to be there. Syracuse, expected high temperature for tonight, Uh, 75 degrees. mm. Expected high temperature in Syracuse, 30. Oh, um, that's a, that's kind of balmy for Cuse at oh, this time man. of the year. Do you guys want to know that Nunzio Campanile, the, who's the uh, interim coach who's coaching this bowl game for Syracuse, started off as a high school football coach where Don Bosco, Bosco. who played at Don Bosco, who's been in the news? Tommy Cutlets. There you, there you go. go. The passing pies on himself. By the way, they should have put a camera on the Syracuse players when they found out they're going to Boca Raton for the bowl game. It's probably like <laughs> bigger than getting into the Final Four. Oh wow! Just a little, a little sun. Oh, amazing! See the sun. That's better than than losing to to Michigan. Two one two four CBS coming up. The one team who could be a sleeper to land Bill Belichick. Hmm. Lot to do here on Maggie and Perloff. Do not move. We've got so much more for you in just moments. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.